Welcome to The Bee Podcast. The mission of The Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age group to have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey, to listen to stories similar and different than our own, engage in each other's triumphs and failures, hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled, the loss we have endured, the joy we have encountered, and the reason behind the lessons we have learned. Bees symbolize community, personal growth, and power. And that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is The Bee Podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I am here with Destiny Merrill. Destiny, go ahead and tell us just a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a pipeline wife. My husband travels around the country for a living, and I just kind of tag along. There he is. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself growing up, your family, what you did. So growing up, my family was conservative, Christian, just really great parents. Yeah. I have one sister and we just grew up in Atumwa and went to the Christian school and all through second, second grade on through senior year, we went to the local Christian school and Okay. Yes, that's right. Destiny and I actually know each other from the good old days at Atoma Christian School. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, the second grade was the year. Do you remember going to church or going to, um, gosh, going to school in the basement of, yes, <laughs> in the basement Open of a Bible. Bible church? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Super fun. Yes, I do. Super fun time. <laughs> yeah. It was totally yeah. just an awesome time of life, just being there and I, I remember just having so much fun with you in that class and playing together when we were little. So much fun. Yeah. It really was. Absolutely. Yeah. It was a good group of people, good group of yes. kids and teachers. And yeah, it was awesome. So Destiny, you've talked just a little bit about yourself growing up. So, and you're a pipeliner's wife now, but you have a much broader identity than that. So can you just talk to us a little bit about after you, you know, grew up how did you meet Nick? Can you talk a little bit about meeting? Yeah. Yep. So um, Nick went to the high school in town. So we never met in junior high or high school. He's a few years older than me. And a friend of mine from the Christian school was marrying his best friend from the high school. So they asked if we would go to the wedding together. Never met him before in my life. So I was 18. And he would have just, actually the day he turned 21 was when they got married. So. And this was one of his friends. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So he picked me up at her house for the wedding. We went to the wedding together and then I didn't hear from him for about three months. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, he went back on the road and he said, I didn't see the point in starting something when I was going to work in Texas. So for things being so new and fresh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I remember him being actually super quiet and I was the one that talked like crazy. And so when he came back that following Christmas that we went to the wedding in October and then that following Christmas, he came home, the job had ended that he was working on and he called me up to see if I wanted to get together. And we've been pretty much inseparable ever since. So that's awesome. Yeah. So he had already been working. How mm-hmm. long, when did he start working on the pipeline? 
he, when he graduated high school, he was okay. 19, got right on the road and yep. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty incredible. So, yeah. I mean, he's just been going ever since he graduated high school. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. Okay. So what is your best, most favorite memory of dating before, before you got married? You, you already knew that this was kind of going to be your lifestyle if you were going to be married, but what was your favorite or best memory of dating? Well, we just, we, I remember always laughing. We just always laughed. I, I have obsessive compulsive disorder, like clinically diagnosed. So I'm typically a very anxious person, but with him, I was like incredibly just relaxed and comfortable and secure and just everything we did together. We just, I just remember laughing like crazy. Just we, having the best time. Oh yeah. We, we could just be watching movies at the house and just, yeah. I, we almost got married after four months. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. you really had that connection. And for yep. someone who kind of maybe struggles with feeling anxious, that was mm -hmm. just really comforting for you then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I truly believe when you're with the right person, you just become a better version of yourself. Yeah. You just, it's really cool. Yeah. So just curious, had you dated anyone before then? And so, so you knew, you know, kind of like maybe that it was different. I did. I didn't date much before them with like my anxiety disorder. I almost identified myself by who I was with, whether it be relationships or um, friendships. If something didn't work sure. out, I thought it was something wrong with me. And just with Nick, I just didn't, it was weird. Meant to be. I didn't have that. Yeah. I didn't have that at all. Huh. So yeah. Well, that's so cool. I'm glad that that's so helpful, especially when you have, you have a tendency to, you know, maybe go to places that you shouldn't in your mind, you know? So that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah overthink. Yeah. Overthink for sure. So, okay. Yeah. So laughing and being on the road and talk about, talk about marriage and what that looked like for you at the beginning. How long, how long did you date? So when he came home around Christmas time was when we got together. Um, that was Christmas 2007. And then he got a job at home. He decided that, you know, growing up a conservative family, I'm like, I, I'm not going to move with someone I've been dating for a month. Sure. <laughs> and well, and wise, probably a wise choice. Yeah, it was, it was. So he was like, you know, I, if I go back on the road, I've seen long distance relationships, they're not great, you know, but I'll find a job at home if you want to see where there's, where this goes. So, um, he got a job at home for a few months. And then once the probation period was over, they let him go because he had the flu at one point. So he missed a day or two of work. He brought in a note and everything, but they had to cut sure. some people in the trial program. So he called me up and I'll never forget. He said, I lost my job today. You want to go fishing? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like what's going on? Yeah. So we went fishing and um, I was finishing my first year of my associate's degree. And then he was like, I've got to go back on the road. I have to, he's part of a union. So he was still vested with them and everything. Oh, that's good. We did things a little backwards. I moved with him to New York before we got married. Huh. And he proposed in New York City and he took me to the city. He had a full two days off in a row. So he <laughs> took me to the city. 
and proposed there. And then we were married a week, a year and a week after we started dating. Wow. So, yeah. So can you talk or speak to a little bit about exactly what, what do pipeliners do? What, what is their job? So there's all different unions that work um, on a pipeline. You have labor unions, you have welders unions, you have crew that operate the heavy equipment, all this different stuff. So Nick is part of the welders union. So they actually weld the pipe that goes into the ground. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they, they weld and the pipes transport natural gas, crude oil. I think there was one job they did something completely different. So just, it's just a means of transportation for stuff. Right. Okay. So because the, there are pipelines all throughout America, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So your job then is to travel wherever it takes you next, right? Right. Yep. He basically, yep. So can you talk just a little bit about what that looked like when it came time to, to move on? How many, how much time did you have in order to prepare? Where would you go? Talk a little bit about that. Sometimes he'll have like two days to be somewhere. So after we got married, we literally planned our wedding around pipeline because you don't pass up a job. If there's a job, you can't tell them, Hey, I'm on my honeymoon. Can you hold the spot for me for a week? They won't do it. So we got married two days after Christmas and on his way home for the wedding, the axles blew out on the camper that he was hauling and he had to leave it in New York. So after the wedding, he got a call to work down in Louisiana. So we had to drive from Iowa to New York to get the camper and down to Louisiana in three days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's very last minute. It's very, you get a call, you go. So how long do you stay on a job? We've been on some that are just a few weeks. We've been on some that are eight months. Um, it depends on how long the line is that they're working on, if they're replacing it, just repairing something or just putting in a whole new line. It just, okay. and you never know. I mean, we've been on jobs that were supposed to be a few weeks that they just kept picking up work in the area. So it ended up being several months. We've been on yeah. jobs that are supposed to be eight months and they turn into five months. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it makes it really hard to plan then, oh, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't plan anything. Yeah. Yeah. So so you get married. Talk about life after marriage. How, how did, how did being on the pipeline kind of, what was its role in your marriage? So the reason I moved with him before we got married was because he said, this is a difficult life. I want to make sure that this is something that you want to be a part of before, you know, really jumping in. Fortunately, the New York job was a really good job. There were great people there. So I loved it. I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. Let's do this. And then that next year he worked in eight States maybe. So the New York job was eight months long. That was my opening job. And I thought, Oh, this isn't so bad. These people are awesome. You know, we're just in one spot for eight months. Well, then we got married and yeah, yeah he worked in, I think eight States that first year we were married and we got what we like to call burnt out. And we left for a couple of years. We stayed home for a couple of years and said, I, it was just mentally, emotionally, just exhausting. I can imagine. Because, well, every job he's on, once it completes, he gets laid off. So we deal with layoffs all year long. And then you don't know when the next job's going to come. 
and you don't know, you know, so you have to, when he's working, you try to plan for, you try to live below your means. So, cause you don't know how long the next layoff is going to be and uh, just do it like that. Yeah. And after that first year, we were just, we were burnt out and we got out for a couple of years. Yeah. I can imagine that would be so, just emotionally exhausting and physically exhausting moving mm-hmm. so often. So you yep. talked about the people that you met in New York. Is that a thing that you get to do is do you get to ever see those, the people that you met once you move someplace? You know, that's the funny thing. There's some people you don't ever see again that you like, you might click with and you might, you know, hang out for a job and then you don't get to see them again. Or it might be a few years before you see them again. But when you do, it's like, you haven't missed a beat. It's like, it's been like a couple weeks. Well, because I mean, they've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and you know that time is just fleeting with your, with your friends that you're making. So Mm -hmm. gosh, that's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's some jobs, you know, you don't meet anybody and it can be really lonely and you're just like, when is this over? (laughs) Yeah. So during that time that you took off, Mm -hmm. what did that look like for you guys? Were you working? Was, what, what did that look like? So I started working back at the grocery store. I was 19 when we got married. So I had never, I just finished my associates online and then down the road, got my medical transcription degree online, you know, just anything so I could be with him. So when we got back home, I just went back to the grocery store that I worked at in high school and he worked on maintenance at Cargill in town. And yeah, it was, but he was on night shift and that was, had its own, you know, it, we got what I like to call the pipeline itch where it was just like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go again. So after about two years, we're like, all right, let's go. Went back on the road. (laughs) It started it up again. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm certain that you're used you kind of become accustomed to that lifestyle and Mm -hmm. it, it does that. That sounds like a good description for it. The pipeline itch. You just gotta, you just gotta go, gotta go, gotta run. Yep. Yep. So what was your like favorite part about the go of, of pipelining? I'd say the people you meet, you can meet some pretty awesome people. I mean, I have close friends in Louisiana and, you know, just all over. You just meet some really awesome people. Yeah. The money was another thing because with the time off, the time gaps, you know, when they are working, they do, they do pay them well. And so you can save up and set aside. And then when you're off, it's... Mm -hmm ordinarily not a, yeah, not a big deal. You do. All right. Which is good that they offer that because there are layoffs and there is time that's down and you don't know. Yes. Yep. And they understand. Yeah. Like right now he's been off seven months. So this one's a long one. Have you had any, have, have any other um, layoffs been this long before? I want to say this is one for the record book for us. So, okay. (laughs) So, um, but with everything going on, I mean, everything's slow right now there, you know, and all that. So yeah, there was that. And then it is, it is kind of nice when you're traveling. It's just the two of us, you know, you just, I think when you're home, it's probably easy to get caught up in all the stuff going on around you and, you know, all this other stuff. But when we're traveling, it's, you, you just have each other and, you know, you, you deal with it and you, but you spend time together and I bet, I mean, it's really, it sounds like a wonderful opportunity to have really good time together, yes. like good quality time. Yep. 
especially yep. if that is one of your long, love languages, your priority or your, your primary love languages is quality time. That would be really yeah. wonderful. Yep. For and sure. We, I mean, yeah, we're together all the time. So when, when Nick is on a job and you are with him and you're traveling, what mm-hmm. do you, what do you find yourself doing with your time while you're there? I found that that first year I moved with him, I gained 20 pounds <laughs> because literally in a camper, yeah. just, you know, I, I felt yeah. like as his wife, I want to share life with him. I don't want to sit at home and do my own thing and see him once every few months. So, um, which there's some women that if you have kids, you know, you don't have much choice, but to have that separation. So I'm baking, eating, <laughs> doing all the things. Yeah. Sleeping in. Um, I, for sure. Yeah, I would, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I would get up with him, make his breakfast, send him on his way and go back to bed for a few hours. Cause I'm like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> right. Did you pick up any new hobbies or anything? I did. I started sewing. Yes. When I found out that my uh, sister was pregnant with a little girl, she loved coral and teal. You can't find anything in coral and teal. So oh, I, I mean, I had a hard yeah, time. Right, yeah. I was like, I, I was like, you know yeah. what, this will give me something to do. So I bought a sewing machine and it sat there for three months before I even got it out to try. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I made her a quilt and a little, little blankie and yeah. And I found, um, we built a house a few years ago. I found that I really like construction oddly and like learning yeah. about all the codes. And so I, I have a lot of free time to just figure out what I like. <laughs> well, so you, you've been at home for about seven months now. Mm-hmm. And I know that you guys had a house that you were flipping. Yes. Yep. We, yeah. We, so, okay. I was the general contractor when we built the house that we're living in now. So I had so much fun that I said, Hey, let's get a house and fix it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this will be fun too. Right. Right. <laughs> Not as fun as starting from scratch, but that was the hard thing with this last job he was on. He was around Pennsylvania. And so I drove 11 hours every two weeks, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, working on the flipper house, going back to him, working on the flipper house. going back. To him. Oh my gosh. That's so, and with that's, you know, that's another thing that just makes you really realize how God has a bigger plan for your life, like being the anxious person I am. I used to not drive to Oskaloosa. I was just going to ask you, do you enjoy the drive? You enjoy the time? You know, there's times that anxiety is just nagging, but I make myself do it and it's not so bad, but the kind of person that I am, it's like, okay, I used to be terrified to drive 20 minutes. Like God put me with a pipeliner where I drive across the country by myself. (laughs) Right. Which can be really intimidating. Yeah. I mean, even for someone who do, does enjoy driving, like oh, I didn't, I didn't used to. Yeah, no, right. I mean, but you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like, even for somebody who likes to drive, driving eleven hours one way, absolutely. Yeah. Can you kind of speak to that growth that you experienced during during this time of transitioning to you know from living at home and working on your your side gig and building your home? Yeah, yeah, it was huge growth. So the first, I'd say the first couple years that we were on, so we were on the pipeline the first year of marriage and then home for a couple years and then back on the road. That one year that he worked and 
eight states or whatever, um, I didn't go anywhere. And it, it was like suffocating when you let that anxiety get a hold. It's, it's so sure. suffocating. And I don't know what happened, but I finally reached a point that I was just like, you know, I'm missing out on stuff. What's the point of just sitting here, an anxious wreck, depressed, you know, what, what's the point of that? So I started doing the drives on my own. When my sister got pregnant with my niece, I flew home to her to meet Peyton. And then I got a rental car, which was intimidating because I'm like, this isn't mine. Like, what if something happens, you know? Oh my gosh, what am I going to (laughs) do? What does this button do? Why is it here? (laughs) So, you know, got the rental car, but then I drove 13 hours from North Dakota home. And yeah, little bit by little bit, it was just more and more like I didn't want to miss my niece's birthday party. I didn't, then my nephew came along and I'm like, well, I don't want to miss his birthday party, but I'm not going to not be with my husband. So I'll be with him as long as I can come visit for a week and come back. And it just kind of built, it's just the more you kind of push yourself, I think. And it's fun to look back and be like, oh my goodness, I'm not that little timid, scared girl anymore. Yeah. You're pushed, you're, you've, you've kind of dived into a completely different lifestyle and you, you had to, you had to kind of grow. Otherwise, yeah, it would be really easy to become stagnant. And do you feel like, do you feel like other women who are maybe living their lives with children or with their husband, do you feel like they often kind of experience that kind of sadness and maybe feeling lonely? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. And, and like I said, there are jobs where you mean like on pipeline, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's jobs where you don't know anybody, you, you know, you're brand new and my husband's not exactly a social butterfly. So (laughs) I have to like, I have to be like, can we like go do something with someone other than each other? (laughs) I mean, I love you and that's why I'm here, but please come on. Let's, let's, let's socialize and get out. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. So it, it can be, yeah, it can be kind of suffocating at times. And I can't, I mean, there are women that travel with their husbands, with their children and just so much respect for them. There's nowhere to hide in a camper. Nowhere to hide. No, I actually met. Okay. So a couple summers ago, I actually met a woman whose husband worked on the pipeline Mm -hmm. and they were here in Atemwa because their, the pipeline was going through Wapalo County. Mm -hmm. And so I met her at the park and she had this sweet little Southern accent and I think we're Facebook friends now, actually. Okay. And maybe even on Snapchat, but I think we are. Anyway, she has, she's just so super sweet. She, she looked at me and she goes, I think you're the first normal person that I've seen at this park. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Welcome. So, so then we kind of started talking and she, <laughs> right, right. Welcome to Atumla. And so it was, it was just really sweet and endearing, but she was just so excited to mm-hmm. like talk and our kids were about the same age and it was just really, really encouraging for me because I thought what a, what an interesting life she has to lead. And so we, anyway, I just thought that was fascinating, but you're right. Women with children, there isn't any place to hide and that has to be really, really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have huge respect for the pipeline wives huge respect. It's, it's a different type of dedication. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yep. I even know one lady, um, one friend, she homeschools. 
So she's got two little boys and she travels with her husband and they stay in the camper when they're traveling and she homeschools them. And I'm just like, Oh, you're amazing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's totally a wonderful, different calling that I'm certain that is really, really difficult. So can you talk just a little about, I mean, prior to getting married, did you imagine, what did you imagine your life to look like before you got married and married a pipeliner? What did you think? Tell me about it. So the funny thing was Nick and I were going through one of my old yearbooks, you know, where they ask you at the Christian school, what do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) Mine said a mom. That was it. That was it. We've been married almost 12 years, no kids. (laughs) And I'm like, so it, but it's a, it's an amazing life. Like I, it's more than I could have dreamed. It's yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, God's all knowing he, he knows through and through Mm -hmm. all we see is just this tiny perspective. And just to look back, it's just, I'm just in awe at what he's done. Yeah. But isn't that incredible that you have maybe these, these pictures in your life and then you find out, I mean, I think everyone can empathize with that. Like you always picture your life, maybe something different, maybe something. Yep. Completely. And you think it's the best thing ever than what it is. And then, and then it it just turns out even better than, than expected. Yep. That's awesome. Destiny. So can you talk about And we'll get to the positive definitely, but can you talk about the most, the most challenging part of being on the pipeline with your husband? So one thing that's really hard for me is when we travel, I almost like our life here in town is paused, but everybody else's life goes on, you know, everybody else, they go to their jobs and I'm going to be honest. I'm 31. I've never had a full-time job in my life. You go, so, girl. More power to you. Yep. Well, you know, I don't know. Do you feel <laughs> so, like that is, do you so, feel like, are you, are you frustrated by that maybe sometimes or? Sometimes. Yeah. Like- sometimes, sometimes I wish I would have just continued on. And I mean, what else am I going to do during the day? I could have, you know, and I still can. And I've thought about going back to school for more, yeah. but yeah, I, it, that's the hard thing is when we travel, it can be so lonely and the days can be so long because he's gone minimum 12 hours a day. So that's oh my gosh. 12 hours that I'm sitting in a camper with the dog. Love her to pieces, but you know, I mean. There's only so much, so much snuggling you can do, right? right? With the right. dog, right. And, and yeah, so much room in a camper to snuggle. So yeah, <laughs> so, right. So that's you the hard go, thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was no, curious you're fine. to know if you, did you ever go exploring and kind of make yourself acquainted with the area that you were in? I do mostly to get out and grocery shop or whatever. I don't do much. And that's one thing Nick and I have talked about a ton. Like, why don't we explore the areas more when we're in these cool places? We were so anxious to get home when we were in North Dakota that we didn't even stop at Mount Rushmore and just, we're just, (laughs) just went home. (laughs) But um, I really do feel like that has to be emotionally and physically taxing. So, I mean, to think about going somewhere else and having to, you know, put on a face and say, hi, and I'm trying to like live my life positively and try to meet new people. That has to be exhausting because like you said, you might know someone there and you might develop a relationship with them, but then it's gotta be like having a parent in the army 
or being a wife of like an army or, or, you know, military. Oh yeah. Just moving all over. That has to be so emotionally yep. and, and, and physically exhausting. So you go girl. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I can totally understand how you would just pass up Mount, Mount Rushmore because you just wanted to get on. Yep. We just you're wanted on. to get home. And there's times pipeline gets a bad name. I think a lot from misinformation. So there's times I will be talking with locals because I'm the type that I'll smile and talk to anybody that I walk by at the store. And if it somehow comes up why I'm in the area, sometimes people totally shut down. Like you could be having an awesome conversation and then they hear, it's almost like you're invading their turf. Right. And it's like, you know, it's hard to, to be away from home. Like we want to be a part of the community too, when we're out and about, but you know, when you haven't experienced that, it's hard to understand that. Well, and yeah, it's been so politicized and um, that that Mm -hmm. does have to be really difficult for the families of men who, men and women who work on the pipeline because, yeah, I mean, they're just doing, they're just doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. And providing a necessary product. But I mean, you meet some great people too. I'm not going to say. Right. Right. But yeah, I've had conversations where they've been it's been really nice. And I'm like, Oh, I'm talking to a human being. It's been months. Yeah. Right. And somehow it comes up that yeah, my husband's a pipeliner and it's just boop, shut down. It's like, okay, nice talking to you. See you later. Just kidding. I won't. Cause I am on the pipeline. Right. Right. So what, what does it kind of feel like when you are in an area and you have those experiences with people who are locals? How does that, what does that look like for you as far as your emotional state during and after? I used to get really upset, I think, because I'm like, it was so difficult for us to do to begin with. And then to have the community basically reject you when you're only there temporarily. I I used to get really worked up and really upset about it. But like I said, I think a lot of it is misinformation. I think a lot of people don't really understand all the hoops that they jump through, you know, the reliability of the methods they use now on pipelines, all that. I mean, up in North Dakota, the farmers up there couldn't wait for the lines to go in because they had a different perspective. Their crops were being, they weren't able to transport their crops because the rails were loaded down with the crew. Oh, sure. So they couldn't wait for the pipelines to come through up there. They're, you know, wanted them to go through so that they could transport their crops. And um, yeah, it was just a whole different ball game for them. Yeah. But if you've never been in that situation, you know, you don't know. So, and I think that has, yeah, I think empathy is really, really difficult, especially when things are politicized so much as the pipeline. Yeah. I mean, if we could just experience empathy and I think misinformation about us as human beings can sometimes be like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're meeting somebody in a store and you're having a wonderful conversation, but then all of a sudden it's shut down because of, yes. A, a physical thing, not anything having to do, like you didn't have any control over that. Right. Um, yep. And I so. used to, like I said, I used to get really upset, but then it got to the point that I'm like, you know, instead of being upset, like when the line went through Iowa, I did my research and I, I read the comments and the objections to the line. And I thought, you know, instead of continuing the attacks on each other and back and forth and, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. I thought, 
how about I just research some facts to try and put minds at ease because I think information is power. So it got to the point to where I was like, why am I getting mad? They just don't know. They don't, they've, you know, they've never experienced it before. Of course it's sure. scary and, you know, unknown. So yeah. what can I do? Why can help spread information? Yeah. Which is like so, you said, super powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. So how many times have you moved and where all have you lived? Dish girlfriend. Oh, I don't know if I can answer that. It's, we're going to need numbers and facts. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, um, so we've been to, he's worked in Louisiana, Mississippi, Kentucky, and Indiana on the same job, New York, a couple times, Pennsylvania, a couple times, Minnesota, North Dakota a couple times. I don't know. I know I'm missing sure. something. Ohio, a few times, just all over. Do you, I'm curious with all of the moving that you've done, do you have like little souvenirs from different places that you've lived? We're bad about that too. No. Oh, destiny. <laughs> well, I mean, we are terrible. We're ter- We have great memories and pictures. <laughs> we have pictures and memories. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we we reminisce. Oh, do you remember that job and blah blah blah? Yeah, I don't remember what year it was, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's gotta be a blur sometimes. Good <laughs> lord. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just talk about a day in your life as the wife of a pipeliner. So let's say that you are out on a job and you're in a camper. What did what did you do during the day? Talk about like your day from start to finish. I get that question all the time and it makes me feel so yeah. lazy. Cause oh, no, <laughs> no, I hope not. I'm so sorry. No, no, go back. no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, literally I feel like when we travel, my job is to be his wife because I've got nothing else going on. So like I, I wake up with sure. him in the mornings. He gets up at four 30. Sometimes I roll out at five, you know, whatever, throw together a breakfast burrito for him and if he likes people that day, I'll send him with some extras for them. <laughs> if he's not mad, I send him extras, right. but then I normally go back to bed, right? do laundry, do dishes. Cause I cook every night. He hates eating out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to the grocery store, do whatever errands I need to do. And, and that's where I think like those hobbies, like the construction and stuff came into play. I did a lot of like Pinterest looking up ideas for the flipper house and you know, just planning stuff out. So when I did get home, oh yeah, because I would drive those 11 hours. And then when I got home, I had to unload everything, get it into the house and, you know, set up the house and get it going and start working. Yeah. So a lot of it's just kind of, I don't know, I guess I'd say daydreaming. Being a dutiful wife. Yeah. <laughs> the good wife. The good Being wife. a good wife or attempting to, and then daydreaming. <laughs> like, Oh, I'd like to do this, <laughs> daydreaming, which is so important. Daydreaming is so important. I really do believe everybody should daydream <laughs> every day. I agree. So did you ever feel any loss of identity during oh, yeah. that time? Okay. Can you talk about that? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of days where I'm just like, I mean, we don't have kids. So there's, I don't have that feeling of, you know, I'm a necessity to these people. You know what I mean? It's easy to feel just kind of like, okay, what is my life doing? Like I'm, I'm sitting in a camper all day waiting for my husband to get home. Like it's, it's easy to feel like, yeah, what's the point? Well then, and then I try to, I'm like, well, you know what? I I need to try and do what I would like, you know, I, 
reach out to people from home. Just, just shoot someone a text. Say, hey, thinking about you. How's everything going? And sometimes I will get, you know, if God puts someone on my heart, just send them a text or send them a card. Or I'm like, I've got all the time in the world to do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it might not be much, but it's something. Which, by the way, it was so sweet when you sent us the burp rags oh. <laughs> and the little taggy. Oh my gosh. You guys, destiny sent us, we just recently had a baby and destiny sent us in the mail, the sweetest handcrafted burp rags and a little taggy toy that is just so sweet. And I love them. I was so excited to get, them. I'm glad yes, they're, yes. they're fun to make. And, and you're very good at them. I mean, high well, quality you. HQ for sure. <laughs> so talk about, can you kind of describe your self-talk during that time? Like when you're at home and maybe you're feeling during those times of feeling like, what, what am I, what is my purpose here? Why am I, what, what, who, you know, talk about your self-talk. There's times I get lost in it, but you know, there are days and moments where you're just kind of drowning in it. Some days are rough. And then there's other days where I'm like, you know what, this is temporary. And what's the point of not enjoying where you're at right now? You know, I'm, yeah. I mean, I was right. with my husband and, you know, we've been married, it'll be 12 years this December and we still just adore each other. I mean, what's, mm-hmm. I can either sit around and mope or try something new, which, you know, the sewing comes into play and thinking, oh, I can build a house and <laughs> Yeah. So it sounds like you've really built up lots and lots of confidence yep. by doing things that have not always been kind of exciting to you to think about like traveling or going somewhere by yourself. So I like, I like that, that you have been able to kind of grow yourself. And I think that comes with age anyway, but yeah, I mean, you've been kind of pushed, like kicked off a ledge into doing that. So so I think that's really kicked off by choice. If we're going to get technical, right, right. right. (laughs) Yeah. So talk about some of your greatest and most wonderful memories that you've, that you've shared? I don't know. I, that's a tough one. When we're with my dear friends from Louisiana, when we are with them on a job, we would do what we called girls days. And we would go out to lunch and go to the movies in the middle of the day. And, um, those are fun jobs when, when you have girlfriends that are there and we would just, yeah we'd exercise together. And then, you know, our husbands were friends. And so sometimes on, they normally get Sundays off. They work six, sometimes seven days a week. There was one job. I think he worked almost 30 days straight without a Sunday off. So, but when they did, you know, we would, we would go to the casinos for, for their buffet, their crab leg buffet or whatever. And just, just stuff like that. Just spending time with some really good people, I think are our best memories. So building those relationships with people. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. what do you think your encouragement would be to women? This is one of our last questions, but what, what would your encouragement be to anyone who is experiencing maybe the exhaustion, like mentally or physical exhaustion that comes with living life on the pipeline? Keep pushing through it. I mean, it, the jobs do end, you know, you're, you're on some jobs where there might be difficult people or you might not have anybody or, 
you know, but they do end. And I think that goes for any chapter in our lives, any crud you're going through. I mean, it does, there is an ending point to it. And all you can really do is just be the best version of you that you can be and try and share that with as many people as you can. That, and I think that helps too, when you're feeling really down or alone or whatever, if you focus that on maybe encouraging someone else, or if God puts someone on your heart, just sending them a card or sending them a message, it kind of helps, I think, turn that, that negative around a little bit. I think it does for me anyways, just to, just to try and stop thinking about what's going on right now and just, okay, but what can I do right now? I can't control what's going on, Yeah, but I can, I, I do have control over how I react to it. And I've, I've taken that approach with my anxiety disorder too. I mean, you can't fault anybody for having a disorder, right? But you know, I think it is my responsibility to handle it the best way I can for myself and for my husband and everybody around. So, and information, information helps. Information is knowledge. Yes. Power. (laughs) Information is power. It is. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) Destiny, thank you so much for sharing your experience. Is there anything else that you are wanting to kind of address or talk about? I don't know. I, I can't really think of anything. Okay. Well, this has just been awesome and so helpful and understanding, you know, what goes on during the day for you and how you have to make that certain mind. You have to make a choice. Your, your mind has to, you have to make a certain choice of, of how you're going to approach every day because it is really, really challenging. It sounds like in, in a mental aspect, it's very challenging. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, well done you. And I hope, <laughs> and I mean, I'm sure, have you loved being home the last seven months? I have. I really have. It's been nice. <laughs> but you do have the itch, right? I do. So eventually. Yeah, I do. I do, but no, but I do. I do. I just wish I could take my house with me. When we <laughs> yeah. Y'all have, you have, y'all, she has a beautiful house. Yeah. <laughs> it's home. For sure. It's home. <laughs> it's home. It's home for sure. Well, I'm glad that you are home for now and I'm excited for you and the growth that you've made and the people that you have, the lives that you have touched. And yeah, Destiny, thank you so much for agreeing to share your experience. Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So guys, if you have any, if you are a woman who is living life with a significant other or a spouse on the pipeline, I can put Destiny's information down if you need to empathize or you need to have someone to, to listen to, I'm certain that destiny would be willing to listen and and create that relationship with you. (laughs) Because as we have heard, it can get a little bit frustrating sometimes with the lack of people. Yeah. So yes. So again, (laughs) destiny, thank you so much for being here. I'm just going to say it's gotta be a wonderful, just a wonderful experience full of growth opportunities. So thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks, Cammie. Yeah. All right, guys. So we'll look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of The Bee Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. Make sure to click the link in the description to join the Hive membership for only $5 a month. Join me in an exclusive mission to see that all stories everywhere are shared. And don't forget to rate and review our pod so that all women everywhere can find us, be encouraged, and be inspired. Again, thank you so much for listening. 
Screenshot this week's episode and share on your social media to bring awareness to this project. I'll catch you next week. I'm Cami Milliken, and this has been The Bee Podcast.